The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Side Studies. Well, welcome back to the Burrows of Berea. I don't know. Is this a side study, Andy? Uh, let's say yes. I, I, I don't know either. Really, it's just Rick tells me what, what tag. Do? It's just a very little difference. There's like a couple seconds of audio. <laughs> You've been tagged. (laughs) Well, as you probably guessed, I am not the podfather, the OG Rick Welch. He is absent today. Can you believe that? He's never absent unless he's got the COVID. Be here at seven. Yeah. Well, no, he comes when he has COVID. Oh, he does. That's true. That's true. That's That's just dust, ladies. (laughs) It's just dust, ladies. (laughs) And to my left is Sherry, the the Annihilator Lewis. Hello. With her cute little haircut. Thanks, Gaz. How was your trip? (laughs) It was good. Good. It was good, yeah. Good. You did and get the invite, correct? On this trip? I did get the okay, invite, good. yes. But I'm talking about her trip out west. Yeah, oh, to teach you, vacation Bible school. She went on a mission oh, trip. Oh, that's to right. The, you were talking about that. The reservation, right? That was yes. this past week or? Uh, it's two, three, three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah. You didn't mention it while we were on our trip this past weekend. And to, and to Cherry's left is Billy I Candy Kimsey. <laughs> um. <laughs> You you may want a piece of bubble gum, but you'll want all of Billy Yum. Oh. <laughs> Oopsie! Did you pull that one out of your no no back I, door? I, yeah, 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 back door. My back door. <laughs> Did it stink that bad? So anyway. Wasn't as bad as Rick's jokes. That's true. And across from me is Rick Big Daddy Cotta. Oh yeah. Who enjoyed the beach this weekend? I did. Per his social media feed. I did. And feed next to him sand. is Ralph straight out of Compton. Represent. Represent. And then behind the glass, who's never last, is Andy Rocketman Bishop. He was last will be first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dun, 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 dun. Look at him oh, quoting wow. scripture. Oh, yes. Andy. Yeah, I know three or four verses by accident. <laughs> awesome. Jesus wept. That's one. Yeah. There's one. <laughs> okay. That's the biggest one. That's the biggest one, yes. That's a big one. It's a little big one. Big little one. So, um, it's been on my heart for a little bit of time to... Uh, Talk about some things that may be a little tough. Um, so, just to kind of give you a background, I have been um, having these weird dreams. And so, somebody told me to, when you wake up, to write them down because they felt different than regular dreams. Anybody ever had dreams like that where they just feel real? They feel... Oh, I don't have real dreams. I have the most absurd dreams no. ever. Though I have been having, remembering dreams lately which i don't usually do but my husband never remembers a dream like ever i never. almost never do it's really rare but mine i wake up and i'm visibly agitated um in a panic mode and they're usually some sort of rescue now when it started when the afghanistan withdrawal thing happened i guess what two years ago yeah. now wow. and so i've just kind of been writing them down and not sure what to do with that but um 
it's always somebody who is in a crisis or who is suffering, who is in, in some sort of trauma that needs deliverance. Um, and it's a different version of it. It's never the same. The theme is always the same. People you know? Sometimes. Oh, really? Okay. Sometimes. And sometimes it's strangers. And a, a lot of times it's children. Um, so I've just been kind of keeping a, I mean, I don't write down great detail. I just write down sort of the theme. So a lot of it came from people who were suffering some trauma. And so um, those people in this room know that my family has experienced some trauma in the past year in, in Ralph. And, and I've talked a lot about that because we've experienced some similar traumas in our family and um, some suffering. I, it might not be trauma, but it's trauma. It's traumatic. Well, it is. It's, it, it's, it's PTSD effects from that. Yes. And so I want to talk a little bit about suffering today. And Maybe we'll, it might be two parts because it's pretty in-depth, but since I left my list of Bible verses at home, it might not be as in-depth as it was planning on it to be. But it's not a fun topic for anybody, but it's not a topic that any of us gets to skip. There's not one of us who hasn't experienced some kind of trauma, some kind of disease. We all just lived through COVID-19 and all the junk that came with it, whether you believe in it one way or the other, we all live through the same thing. Um, now, Rick Carter and I were in different states, so it was a little bit different. Um, but none of us were California. None of us were um, New York, places like that, places where the death count was pretty massive. And uh, but So we all have had a touch of this. And so I wanted to talk about what is suffering. So... Anybody on the cast? What is suffering to you? Oof, that's such a such a big word. I it is. Like, like, how do you even start? Because there's so many things, and of course, it'd be different for different people, at least in degree. But it it really encompasses a lot of like misfortune, or just you know, a lot of people have great suffering that is almost entirely in their own head. You know what I mean? It's not born of circumstance, of course, plenty of, but, but a lot of people experience real traumatic suffering that is born almost entirely in their head. And then there's the kind of, you know, external suffering, which, you know, the, the, when things happen to family members or physical things happen to yourself, or, you know what I mean? A disappointment in yourself or other people. I mean, God, it's just, where do you even start? Well, that's a that's a great point. Actually, it's like you've been reading psychology today. So that was actually on side. There's two different levels of suffering. One is a mental, emotional anguish, and another one is a physical anguish. Um, for the most part, the the kinds of physical anguish most people don't. We don't. I didn't know this until I did some research. America has never had a significant famine. Well, that's interesting. Isn't that pretty I guess, amazing? Yeah, I, at least not since in the records of the the white man, as it were. That is, yeah. I'm in America as a yeah. as a colony group of colonies or um, a country. We've never had a famine, so we haven't really had to deal with that kind of suffering with hunger. For most of us, there are people who go hungry in our country, of course. Right, but not epidemically. Not epidemically. Um, we really we've had the Spanish flu, which was 1918, and we've had COVID 19, which was 2020. Um, I'm sure there have been other epidemics, but nothing like the Spanish flu was pretty, pretty deadly as far as that goes. But we haven't had any real 
other than those two epidemics. Polio, polio was crazy. Yes, it was. Polio was like so bad. Was yeah. it? Yeah, before the vaccine, it was just and and, and it's, that eradicated uh, pretty much. Yeah. Though it's making it. It's popping up in places. Yeah, but, but it's you making know eradic- why it's yeah. popping up mm, though. Yeah. Uh, we had the bird flu. Um, that we, was yeah. that a pandemic. We, well, th- yeah, I, I don't know that it, it doesn't like, hit the the, the, scale. the numbers. Yeah, it doesn't hit the numbers. The swine flu was another one that yeah, that Those bad flus happen. Yeah. Was every almost, once in a while for sure. So in the Bible, um, Paul talks about the thorn in his flesh that he asks uh, God to remove. Which I everybody has their speculation on what that is. It's it's some kind of suffering. He wants it to be removed. Um, and then we also hear, so, so people say, gosh, that's such a thorn in the flesh. We, we get that, that term. Another one you'll hear from, from Christians and what we like to call Christianese is to, uh, take up your cross and follow Jesus. And I got to thinking, is that what that really means? Does take up your cross mean take up your burden I think a lot of people associate it with burden, but I don't think that's yeah, what it, I don't think that's really like it what it be. is. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a burden because it's work. You know, it's it's this is this is what I want you to do. It's a calling and and it is work and it does be I think how other people treat you makes it a burden, but I don't think you have to internalize that. Another Christianese would be we need to suffer for Christ. Mm-hmm. It's another thing we've been told and I'm you know, it's can be debated about what that text means in itself too. What what were we what was that uh the, I don't know people's names. Uh I don't know my own name sometimes, but the guy we had on our last podcast was talking about the, the Jim, opposite of that. Jim like how, I, is it John no, John Paul? John Paul, John Paul, I think, was talking about like how the grace guy. How how often am am I gonna have to am I gonna put Christ back on the cross for myself yeah. kind of thing? Like the exact the inverse of that. Well that actually brings me to my one of my first points is uh, our society, our modern day society, kind of almost idolizes the cross. People wear cross necklaces. You have them in your homes. Um, I don't know that idolizing it like we're worshiping it, but we see it as a symbol of hope. We see it as a symbol of forgiveness, mercy, atonement, grace, sacrifice. Um, and that's our modern thinking. But what we in this room like to do is put the cross back to what the people of the Bible would have thought of it. So what would the people of the Bible have thought of the cross? Would they have thought of grace, mercy, Roman atonement? torture device, 100%. A part of the machine. Roman torture device. Um, for instance, if I said if the words electric chair or a firing squad or a guillotine or a noose, those conjure up <laughs> images of horrific... Trauma, right? Yeah, death. Yeah. Death. Yeah. And that's what ha- would have, so when Jesus uttered those words, now he hadn't been up on the cross, but they all knew what it was. When he said, take up your cross, they had walked the roads where they were literally on the side of the road. Sometimes it took, it took them days, maybe a week to die. And that's what they would have thought. It wouldn't have been necessarily a burden. And that got me thinking, like, why do we make it into a burden or an illness or a something we have to carry? We've made it that way in our society, and I didn't really have an answer for that. 
A lot of times it's something that just gets coined. Somebody says something, somebody else thinks about it and agrees, and then they repeat it because we have all kinds of sayings. And we're all, everyone's always looking, where did that come from? Or where did that one come from? And it's usually something obscure and a lot of times doesn't have anything to do with the original uh, meaning. And that's true. And that's, that's probably what's happened in our society. Um, so how do we then take up our cross in our modern day era? If what the true meaning of that statement was would have invoked these feelings of oppressed, being oppressed by the Roman government or being murdered or being tortured, so how do we take up our cross? I'm not going out to look to be murdered or... <laughs> yeah, but in a lot of other countries, that is what happens. I mean, that is the reality of it. Right. it. It's not that way here anymore. But in a lot of third world countries and a lot of countries where, you know, you have other religions that are dominant, it, that's all going on. In fact, I would say it happens more than it doesn't. We just happen to be lucky enough to be in this country, and there are a lot of places in Europe where you can't do that. But there's still places there where, you know, you could get in a lot of trouble and or dead. That's for sure. I mean, but so. Yeah, I think not really so much about Europe, but like Southeast Asia and uh, drug policy in some cases uh, is very strict and stuff mm. like that. There's not a lot of stuff I can think of in Europe where it's quite so draconian. Uh, but certainly it exists in the world. Well, I think we as a Western church have um, sort of been ill-equipped to deal with suffering. For the most part, you know, in Europe, and I say the Western church, though in Europe, that's dying pretty quickly. Well, um, post-USSR it is, but yes. before that, I mean, for, you for know, sure. the time before that it was. In, mod- in the modern times, Europe is on the decline um, as far as Christianity goes. Now, that there's a lot of immigration going on there, and other religions are coming to the forefront. I don't know, but um, anyway. <laughs> the smarter a people get, the more they think that they know the answer instead of God. And so, God usually goes away. So, you look in the northeast of America uh, where people are more educated, and they're, you know, and they become more liberal, and they become more, uh, I don't need this, where you look in the south where folks are less educated, uh, and uh, there's still a big belief in God. You go to South America, and the people that are poor, and they're looking for hope, and uh, it's it's easier to, uh, for a better word, believe uh, when you're that, and and not you know not think that you know you're in control of your own destiny. That's true. I mean, you know, I just was reading an article about what's going on in, I get Niger and Nigeria confused, but I think it's Nigeria, where they're just killing Christians. They've locked them in churches and burned them. They've beheaded them. And we I remember he, that church burning you're talking about. It was a couple of years ago now, but it was a while, but well, I remember it. About a month ago, they beheaded a bunch of, a bunch of Christians, and they've actually expelled all um, governments from their consulates. I mean, it's, it's, there's troops on the border from other countries. It, it's, it, what's going on in Nigeria is bad, and if we hear about it at all, we kind of think, that's way over there. Uh, you know, then we open up our social media and somebody says something on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, or Facebook, or and they hurt our feelings, and we're all like up in our feels about it, and we get all upset. And why are you making? Why are you doing this to me? And da 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 da. And to us, that suffering words words hurt. They do that suffering. But if you if you ask yeah. that pastor that was being beheaded in Nigeria, would he rather have harsh words or would he rather be beheaded? 
The people are relative creatures, right? Right. Like, the worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Oh, yeah. That is for sure. So, how can we then take up our cross, which to the disciples whom this message was meant, or for whom this message was meant, they understood that suffering and tribulation and trial and humiliation was coming. And that's not necessarily a word we think of when I don't really, I never really had thought about the humiliation of the cross until I started digging into this and how humiliating that must have been for a Jewish male, a white male for that instance, who would want to be put up on a cross naked in downtown Hendersonville? I mean, nobody wants to suffer that kind of humiliation, just how humiliating that would be. And to hear Jesus say, take up your cross and follow me, spoke to a whole level of dedication to following him that only certain ones of them were going to have. Well, I think just following him in general, they had to give up everything they had to follow him. You know, some and some of them had money. You know, some of them fishermen, they may have been rich, but they had their boats, they had this, they had that. Other people in the family had to take care of it to take care of their family, but they had to walk away from everything uh, in, in order to do that. Plus, and I think in the time of Jesus, too, th- that was pre-Christianity. I mean, that's it started with him. Yes. So, you've got a brand new move. Can you imagine today? I mean, look at the way we look at people like Latter-day Saints and Jehovah's Witness and, and different things. That's something that's been around for a while, but hasn't been around for millennia. And starting that and look at what we put them through. Um, that's it's just not easy to do. I mean, it's hard enough to get a kid to uh, get up in church and say something around among his peers, let alone go out into the world and and say something to somebody about Christianity. Mm-hmm. And then in countries where it's not allowed, and you can get beheaded for I mean, that's or stoned or you know exiled. I mean, the chosen brought up an, an interesting perspective, and that you mentioned, Ralph, about Jesus in his days walking around. Uh, one of the scenes if, if, uh, in one of the recent seasons, Christ walked into the city, and as he walked into the main gates of the city, there were several people on the cross that were being crucified right there. It's kind of interesting to imagine that any city that he walked into, he possibly could have walked past men and women or you know, even possibly children that were up on cross. Oh, absolutely. That were being crucified right then. and All up and down the Roman roads. That's, that's the, hey, here it is. And, right. and, and this is what they did right up here. Well, right. they didn't call it the Via Dolorosa, meaning the way of suffering for <laughs> yeah. no reason. I mean, literally, it's called that and was called that. Well, yeah, but there, was, there were there were roads like that all throughout Rome, yeah. and you yes. know, and with writings as to what they did, whether they were a thief or or, or, or what, so you could see that, and you know, by well, I'm sure where I mean, there possibly would have been innocent people the same that would have been crucified. Yeah, so, oh, sure. I, I think it was even though there, I, I think it was easier for Christ than it was for his disciples, because Christ Christ was preaching the good news, and people were coming to him, and he was healing people, and he was doing things, and yes, there were people in powers that be that didn't want him there, but the, the ones that really, in my opinion, and I may be off my rocker, but, you know, the ones that started Christianity after he died, all of the apostles and everybody, the ones that are out preaching this message, uh, this is a new religion. This is a guy that uh, was put on a cross, and, and they said, this is a bad guy. And you're preaching, um, you know, in the beginning to uh, many Jews, uh, and then going out of uh, Jerusalem uh, 
away from there, preaching to other people that don't know about it and aren't Jews, and it's easier to preach to them. But still, you know, they are worshiping many gods. So, they were heavily persecuted. Christ was bringing good news to people. People were flocking to see Christ. And, you know, the disciples had to go continue that, and, and in many respects they did, but they were also persecuted for it because of, you know, what happened with Christ and what the, uh, the, the, the Romans uh, eventually did to him. I would sum that up by saying that Christ was uh, powerful and influential in his own lifetime in a way that no single apostle was. Absolutely. That's definitely. Right? And how many, it's a different experience. And we don't even have a number of account how many people that were crucified after up until we talk about the big events of 70 AD that were just literally crucified for being a believer in Christ. Uh, we know that the apostles did and died in different ways, but how many just normal people were? That we don't hear about. That never know well, about. There's no record. Right. They weren't They weren't meticulous record keepers like other people no. who've annihilated civilizations. Um, well, let's see what the Bible says about suffering. So, uh, we're going to start with... Uh, one of my favorite verses, it's Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, no flame, nor shall the flame scorch you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Then I'm going to skip down to um, verse 5. Fear not, for I am with you. Okay, so he uses three different words for for trial there. He used waters, rivers, and fire. Water and water typically is a cleanser, right? We we get in the shower and hopefully if we have clean water coming out of this this the spigot or the faucet or the shower head, we're even if we didn't have shampoo, we could manage to clean ourselves up a little bit, right? So, something that can be cleansing can also be destructive, i.e., if we just had a hurricane that went through Florida, did a lot of damage, a lot of water damage, so that very same life-giving essence can be life-taking, can be damaging. And then fire, unfortunately, we've just had this horrible thing in Maui where an entire yeah. community, it was set on fire, and our, our hearts go out to them and been praying for them. But fire is also a purifier. Gold is purified through fire. You can't get to the gold without <laughs> purifying after it first. fire, everything grows again. That's correct. As and long as it's the right kind of forest. That is, if it's done correctly. Yeah, if you let nature done, do it. If this wasn't done correctly. But all that to say is is he is the Bible there uses um, something that seems very innocuous but can be destructive. And I uh, sometimes think when you bring me through the waters, of course that image brings up you know the Red Sea and walking through on the dry ground. And I think that happened with the in the Jordan one time as well. So you know when you go through the waters. I will be with you. You're not alone. You don't have to go through this alone. And I think when we read some of this other scripture and we and we get to where um, where I believe that the Lord wants us to hear how we suffer, because we're we're going to read passages that say you are going to, 
not you may. You are going to. This one here said, when you walk through the waters. Is that what it says? I've got to put my glasses on. When you pass through the waters. Not if you pass through the waters, but when. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. It's not if, it's when. So how do, what else does the Bible say? Well, who has, would somebody look up 1 Peter 5.10, Romans 5, 3-4, 1 Peter 4.1. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. Okay. After you have suffered, not if you suffer. A while. Suffered a while. A while. <laughs> yeah. Romans 5, 3, and 4 says... It's my favorite Bible. Second favorite Bible verse. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope. What version are you using there? King James. Okay. Not intentionally, just... No, that's okay. I mean, it it gets the same point, but... Um, I had memorized it when I was in the hospital with AJ all those days. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance or endurance. And endurance or perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint. I like character because I think, I, you know, I, I keep hearing a lot of people say, turn the cheek, turn the cheek, turn the cheek. But God teaches you to fight. You, gotta, you, you have to fight to get through this stuff, and that gives you endurance to withstand other things because you know you know once you fight to get through one thing then you have the confidence knowing that you can get through the next one and the next one and the next one and that gives you the endurance to keep going i think it's important i think it's important to point out there's lots of ways uh there's lots of meanings to fight yes there's more than one like there's 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 a struggle and then there's a violent altercation yeah and and, i'm and they're meaningfully different things definitely and i'm definitely part of the struggle part you've got to struggle (laughs) through it fight through it uh and just keep going persevere that's another good word is to persevere Mm -hmm. so that you get that endurance and that the inner peace knowing you do it enough times you get inner peace knowing that you can do it And would you say if you've been through any sort of trial or hardship or tribulation that you came out stronger on the other end if you are at the other end of that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And better able to deal with the next thing that comes along because, A, you've learned some things, and so it's going to be easier for you to deal with it. And, B, you know you can manage through the struggle, and so you just keep going through it and you push through it. Did anybody look up 1 Peter 4.1? Or 1 Peter 4.1. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh— Arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So it's not, again, Christ suffered, we're going to suffer. So he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin? That's what it says. That, uh. What does it say after that, Ralph? Is there yeah, yeah, context? context. Yeah, well, context. So as to live the rest of time in the flesh no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So this may be saying if you if you suffer in it and you suffer through and persevere through your let's call it an addiction you suffer through your addiction you can come through it on the other tide knowing that you've beat it and that you can live um, and that sin is no longer right it's not controlling it doesn't you. control uh-huh. you anymore it's no, more like no matter a, what it is yeah it's more like a um, an internal battle if you have suffered in the 
flesh and have conquered your sin, per se, whatever that may be, you have self-disciplined yourself, then you no longer are a slave to it. If that makes sense. That, makes that sense. does make sense. Yeah. I don't think it specifically says that, though. It yeah, does. It, it front, just speaks it about keep fervent in your love. It speaks about suffering. It doesn't specifically speak about having over, overcome the source of that suffering. I think uh, the overcoming would be has ceased from sin. That would be like a overcoming. Okay, no, that, that I mean? makes sense. Yeah, if you go yep. through and read through the rest of it, it does talk uh, about uh, overcoming sin and uh, being because okay. other people are watching you and looking at you, uh, and all and all this. They are surprised that you do not run with them in the same excess because you've gone through this and you've conquered yours. And the people that were either with you running before or judging you um, can now see a, a changed person. I, I think some of the struggles in in like verses like these, there's. For lack of a better term, there's a double context. Uh-huh. There's an uh, audience relevance context to that, and then there's a um, a generalization to our application, what it would be. Um, during that period of time, the Roman church was getting severely persecuted by the Romans, so much so that uh, Nero was burning Christians in his courts as Roman candles. And from the context of standing that, when when you have committed your life to Christ in those days— you had literally given up everything. Uh-huh. You had given up sin because you were becoming sinless like Christ. Now, did, I don't believe anybody achieved it, sure. but they were. When you were being persecuted to the to that degree that he got persecuted on, and you became a Christian, burning it as a torch in his courts, then yes, you were done. You had given up everything. Yeah. And yeah, he had blamed he blamed them for the decline of the Roman Empire, right? Or what he perceived as the decline and, of the Roman and Empire. And even even burn everybody needs a scapegoat. Well, there it, you yeah. have it. And he set Rome on fire, blaming the Christians for it. And yeah. the Jews were like, "Thank God it's not us this time." <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, because it's usually them. Yeah, frequently it had been. Frequently certainly. it had been. Yes. So then, is suffering bad? Well, I think no. I think everyone suffers. I think it's just uh, it's, it's a. It's that trial by fire. You go through it to get better at everything that you have to do, and the more that you go through it, the more that the Lord's going to give you. The you know, the more you go through it, the better you get. The more you can handle. Well, what I would say would did, did you learn from the suffering that you were receiving, or you were going through? Some people keep continue to suffer because they didn't learn from the last lesson. And that would be the character that's supposed to be when you persevered, right? In some cases, I mean, even in my, I, I can speak for myself, there are some things that I've done or I've repeatedly done that may be a, a negative enlight to myself, and I didn't learn from the last one. And then we could debate, does God increase the amount of suffering till you learn not to do it? Uh, in my case, I think sometimes he has, depending on what it was I did, and I repeatedly did it. Until eventually it, it became a point where I couldn't endure it. And I'm like, wait a minute. I've got to change something because this is now getting too difficult to deal with. <laughs> yeah. well, that reminds me I feel of like a I lot of people work just like that. Oh, I believe that's probably uh, 99% yep. of. Yeah. I, was, I was a young kid, uh, uh, and uh, my boss got tired of me showing up half an hour late, and he said, you're fired. And I'm like, what? And a couple of days later, I came back, and he's like, okay, here's the deal. you Get your job, but no more going out and drinking on the weekends and having to work at, you know, six o'clock on Saturday morning and showing up late. Friday nights, you got to go to bed at this time if you're going to work here. And, and, you know, waking up in the morning all crazy and hungover, you're like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. I got to find a better way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I do think suffering is bad. 
I mean, it's it's bad. It's not something that whether we read this Bible and it tells us we're going to go through it or not, it's bad. Oh yeah. Um, some yes, some sufferings come from our own our own doings, and then there are some sufferings that we don't have control over. Yeah, some are inflicted on. Yeah, us. Yeah, some come from bad. other people's bad doings. Yeah, yeah, it's bad, and unfortunately, we're just left with the choice of how we're going to handle it, and um, you know whether we'll grow from it. The, you know, the saying. Either be bitter or you'll be better, you know. And sometimes that sometimes you're bitter. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know. Initially, you're bitter. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're yeah. you have yeah. that. After emotion. you got fired, you were a little bitter. Well, yeah. Well, I was just a kid. I understood that one, and I was just sixteen. But uh, I, I believe in the bitter and better. I I've, most of my life has been better. Recently, something happened to me, and, and for about a week, I was bitter. And I realized that till I had a conversation with somebody. I'm like, ooh. Um, and, and somebody, yeah. Sometimes a, it surprises yourself. You can surprise yourself with it. I sure. went to a family counseling session, and the lady there said, "I want you to remember that this that you were doing was all for a good purpose, and don't get lost of in all of the bad that happened. Like, go. You got to go through it and talk about it, but just kind of remember what this was all about. And you had to. I had to think. Oh yeah, that's right. I was. This was all a good thing. <laughs> there, yeah, there was something bad that we've been talking about, but no, it's still it was a, it was a good thing, and that that really helped me. I I firmly believe I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. I firmly believe you are an unreliable narrator for your own life, and and you don't. Oh yeah, your problems are obvious to other people because they're because you lack perspective. That's and right. Everybody thinks because you're in it. Everybody, right? Everybody thinks they're the captain of their own life, and I know what's best for me. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks that. Me too. Saying this right now, I still believe that because we're built that way or whatever. Would that be the reason why the captain goes down with the ship because yeah. he can't see the problem yeah, around yeah, he's him? like, <laughs> no, we're fine. I'm bailing. An iceberg. I'm bailing right now. Look at me bail. That's a, a great point, Andy. Great. No, I, I think it's uh, I, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Unreliable when, narrator. Man. I was, we yeah. are we are. So all you prefer alone. the biography to the autobiography? No, because they're both interesting in different ways, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was young, I used to uh, I, I would talk to a friend of mine, and one day I was like, I, I he's like, what's going on? I was like, yeah, I don't need to talk about it. He says, yeah, you do. He said, because what's in your mind is going to change when you say it and bounces off of me and back into your ear, and you're going to think what, how stupid you are. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, so we went through this thing, and we said, and then I, there was a certain point that he just kind of looked at me like, see, I told you, because I got it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Absolutely. Okay. Saying things out loud can <laughs> right, really absolutely. help. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So the, uh, I guess it's for better understanding, biography would be from an outside perspective, an okay. autobiography self. would be uh-huh. yourself. Mm-hmm. So I guess if if my autobi- my biography would be speculative to think I'm crazy, but if I did an, an autobiography, you would, you would know that. without that, 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 that I'm crazy. <laughs> you would confirm it, absolutely. So that means you're normal. <laughs> so, so is there a, a, a God suffering and a devil suffering? Oh, that, I didn't think no, about that's, that. That's My next question was, Billy, does God allow suffering? Well, I mean, if I'm Job, I'm I'm pissed at God. But he's not. I know. But he wasn't. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but, but if I'm but, Job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so. here's the thing. We are seeing Job from a, we're now here. Job was way back there. Yeah. We're seeing it from a tw- hindsight's 2020 position. He was in the midst of it. Yeah. So we have the, we have insight the, into the throne room where Satan was allowed to go and where Satan you know, has been allowed to go for many, many years with the saints and, and 
talk about, did you see what so-and-so did? And so he's allowed, he, he's allowed there. So, and he goes, look at my servant Job. Who, who, who if was, I was it? It wasn't Satan, right? I guess it wasn't the devil. I mean, specifically, do we remember? It's not yeah. that big a deal, it's but Satan. it's not Satan. It's Satan. Yeah, it, is. Yeah. it was a yeah. Satan. No, it was the Well, it, said the, it says the Satan by the author. The Satan. Yeah. Okay. So now, again, the term in itself is an adversary. It, right. It's a noun. The adversary. So, okay. Not okay. an adversary, but the, the adversary. adversary. Okay. Huh. If I was Job, I'd be wondering what I did wrong. Okay. Yeah. What I do. And then, oh, I'd be mad. And well, then it's just. And sad. Yeah. I, I think at the time he was just concentrating on putting one foot in front of the other because you've got boils in this and you've got all this thing happen and your, your you kids your and your kids. wife yeah. and everything else. He didn't lose his wife. You know, she just, me, 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 I'm me, just me. saying everything he upset, that he was having though. to go through. Yeah. I mean, he did he, cry out. He did. He, he never cursed. Oh, I didn't say God. he cried out. I just said, if it were me, but, I'd be wondering what I did wrong. But he did that. He did yeah. over and, and over again repeatedly, you know, question. Yeah, you're asked. right. He just didn't curse well, God. He, yeah, he, he was, that point. would be like good a point. way of reacting. Well, Joe, are, are you going to handle it and respond in the correct way? Or he could have did what his wife told him and said, you know, curse God. And, and all die. his friends. Well, here's, the, here's what's interesting is Job really didn't have a perspective of why he was going through it. He wasn't there when the conversation between Satan right. and God was. He just knew he was having these problems. Yeah. And that his family was lost. And he, and he was barely why. swimming. And yes, and Satan said, Well, if you let things happen to him, he's gonna curse you. And and God knew better that he wouldn't, but it was also he never knew exactly where it was coming from. He never knew that it, Satan was actually putting it on him. He never knew that God allowed it. He didn't have those perspectives. Now I'm I can't say if he if he didn't known those. How he would have changed his that's, outcry? That's an interesting point. And then God answers him when he says, why, God? Why Why mm-hmm. me? And God goes, where were you when I laid the foundation yeah. of the earth? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel you, God. I got you. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's basically what he said. He's like, oh, yeah. Because it's my house. <laughs> Is that where <laughs> we get? So? Do, now, do we get, um, did I lose my train of thought? Oh, nothing happens to us that doesn't go through God's hands first. Is that where we get that perspective That's the perspective is what we get because it's the only place. And because uh, the Satan says, we, I can't touch him because you've got him protected. And um, we've been told that from a Christian's perspective, belief in Christ is you're protected away from all of evil, all of Right, sin. but you're not protected from death and those other things. What you're protected from <laughs> is everlasting life. Well, you're protected from Satan's ability to affect your life. That's your everlasting life. Yeah, I think. I think. Ralph's yeah, yeah. Right. He, he can't. He cannot affect your eternal life. But he sure can cause but chaos, think, havoc, and misery. He, he could have external things come at you and well, affect the, you. Well, that's kind of the question she was asking or stating. Where, where did we get it from? That can Satan affect you with the pretense that the only way he can do it does God allow it? Yes. So, and that's saying that's yes, that's where we get it from. That's but that's you're you're at that slippery slope of chicken God, and egg, yeah. or you did know, God if, create if God, evil? Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. That's where, exactly it, it, the problem. It, it, there. It's not God didn't create evil. It's it, God gave us free will. Well, he, that's that's uh, the thing. We have a brain. We have free will. I do think he created it? Oh boy, that's it's, a whole nother. Well, yeah. it's, 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 it's another all things. Yes, exactly. Yes. But where did when did Satan turn and did he perfectly personally say, okay, good, I'm gonna let I'm going to have him do this. I don't think he had Satan. I don't think he created Satan 
to betray him. I think that he allowed Satan the ability, the ability to, to have free to will do it. to do it. Which and is which is interesting because I didn't think the holy what do they call it? The, not the holy is the holy, the holy host. Tr- the holy, holy host? No, no, no. The angels. The heavenly host. Heavenly. I didn't think the heavenly host had free will actually. So that's pretty interesting to me. Maybe I have to do somebody needs to do a podcast on that. The um, the God heaven- will versus our will. Well, the heavenly. Yeah, Did, the heavenly. Does host. the heavenly host have a free will? Yeah. There is uh, David Curtis does a uh, on his uh, BrianBibleChurch.org. He does do a the heavenly court discussion about those and the, the heavenly court and their role. And it, he does give them. It, it's interesting if you get in. Um, and again, you, you, you're the speculation of where did the apocryphal books land? Like the Book of Enoch talks about some of those that were the fallen angels and, and their ability to do things. It doesn't get into depths whether or not God allowed them to do it or whether they did it on their own free will. If God didn't allow them to do it, they wouldn't have done it. We wouldn't be here. Well, again, that's, that's yeah, like a, again, we're you, just you we're, we're, we're at that slippery slope. Yeah. We're on the huge. knife's edge, the razor's edge, yeah. so the chicken and the egg. Let's not slide down that. Right. Right. Yeah, you, um, you, so <laughs> there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You can't have a hero without a villain. It's true. That is true. And I mean, I think Andy made a good point at the Judas podcast where he was asking us all if we believe that God sent Judas. Well, they had to be a Judas. Oh yeah. Well, so I think Andy was challenging all of us. Like, well, if this is part of God's plan. Then is our is our story already told? Yeah, but that gets to that 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 gets to that point of is this is are we going to already do everything that the yeah. Lord knows we're going to do? And if so, then I don't want to be here and I don't want to worship Him. Well, we get in those debates about the the, the preterist view and the Calvinistic view, and from the script of the Bible's role, I. And and, I'm, and it's kind of an agreeance to a Calvinistic thing where everything was predestined and written in history. Yeah, it was going to play too out. Too much the, man. Too much man. So you, you, to some extent, there can be a discussion made that, yes, was it written in a certain way to happen in a certain way? Yes, for an ultimate goal of, of the redemption that would come through Christ and the redemption he did to the people, to the world, and everything that we get to enjoy today. So to some of that, I would agree, yes, that it did. But today, that's where the huge amount of discussion can be made. What about now? What about now? Yes, we can agree that we can see in history that seems that everything played out for a reason. Even our lives we can look at today and say, yes, this stuff happened for a reason for right now. I went through this in my life that benefited me now. I didn't see it then, but I see it now. And you can almost say, is it written in a, in a particular way? Yeah, you. I guess you could, but... Well, the Bible, the the Christ's words in the Bible was written for the people in that day for what they were going through. What would it say today if Christ was here and and the Bible was written today? Did y'all, when you were little, writing our own story, um, have those books where you could choose? Yes, yes. That's kind of what I feel like life is. We get to choose. So we we come to what is it? Emerson's Fork and or. Fork in the road. Yeah. Who, who was it? I'm not, not Emerson. I, I'm not sure. About yeah, that. Ralph Waldo. Didn't he write? If you come to a fork. Well, there's that, and then the one less traveled. So yeah, there's the two of them. You... How many times did you read it and go back down the same path? I know. No I matter trying to change it, and <laughs> I, you still I, I, like, went down the. Up. Well, you and went... then went back down, and then backed up. And well, then went back because down. people go now, where that's now to where be it's fair, comfortable. You didn't because... go down the same path. You just landed at the same ending. Right. But you didn't go down the same path. You just but landed you tr- at the same ending. Right. But you're trying to find a different ending. Yeah. You're trying, yeah. but you still yeah. end up Is the, the sa- definition of insanity doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So, 
There were, there are. That's why I stopped reading. There are, <laughs> there are so many examples in the Bible of people who suffered. And here's just a, a short list of people that I composed. Moses, his mom, the Hebrews that were there at that time. Uh, the Israelites in general suffered quite a bit. Uh, most of the time of their own doing, complaining like I want to do. Um, Lord, please, why am I doing, you know. I hate this. Just don't do this. I mean, I, you know, Tamar, she was raped. That's suffering. Uh, Ruth lost her husband, moved out of country. That's she lost did meet her a, sons. She did meet a pretty hot guy named Boaz and become the mother of the lineage of Jesus. So, in the lineage of Jesus, so that's pretty pretty cool. Uh, Job, we talked about him. David, read the Psalms. If he didn't suffer, the Psalms. I mean. How many times have we read the psalm and got comfort knowing that someone and we think of these people as these these heroes for us of the Bible. They were just regular people. They were just schmoes All going to hero. work. Most heroes are regular people who were in a situation that said yes and. Mm-hmm. You know, they just like okay, this is uh, there's a there's a brick wall in front of me and I can either go back or I can go forward. And most of those people had an army behind them that was coming after them, so they had no choice but to go forward, which is why so many people in all these wars say, you know, this medal isn't for me, it's for the guys that we left on the battlefield because right. this guy went up and did this because either because the sergeant said to do it and sergeant's going to sh- go do it or else, or it's like my buddy's there, so I've got to go do it, or, hey, we've been encircled and the only way out yep. is for us all to get together and charge up that hill. Let's see. Paul, Peter, John. Who else you got? Abel. Oh, he suffered. Yep. Abel is the first person that I can recall of in the Bible to suffer by an external factor, by no cause of his own. And thus Adam and Eve. And then Cain also suffered. Yep. From it. Yep. Um, so I'm going to, and I left off Joseph because I wanted to leave him for last. <laughs> Joseph suffered in a massive way many times. And then he writes in Genesis 50, 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And that's another one, the suffering where it's kind of scripted in such a way that it, it just landed perfectly for an ultimate goal. And and you kind of, I heard a guy uh, discuss about, does God have free will? And from his perspective, which is very interesting and can be open debate, if God has his heart for something to be set out and planned, then actually sort of no, he doesn't have a free will in that point. Because he's whatever he's set in his heart to be, to be set, he's going to follow the plan until it's achieved. Well, that what you just quoted from Joseph is the first time as a kid I understood grace. Mm-hmm. Because this is your family that did this to you. Listen, I learned it from the Veggie Tales. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I really did. I didn't know that. And I, I went to look that scripture up and I was like, oh, I love that. I love that thought. But then Paul reiterates it in Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. That's, that's a similar statement to what Joseph said. All things, the bad, the good, the meh, just the mundane, everyday. Everyone's going to have a trial, and the Lord is allowing you to grow to meet those 
And so, so you know, I've always said that uh, one of the things I fear is, is meeting uh, God and being shown the things I didn't do. And this is part of that. Because the Lord's going to say, I put these things in front of you, and some of them that you didn't learn from, which means that you weren't strong enough when I had this that needed to be done. So I had to give it to someone else, and it didn't quite turn out as well as I would have. It sounds would've. like you're saying God is setting traps for you. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't think that that's what He's doing. I think He's giving me opportunities to. When you're at work, as a as a boss, I give people jobs to do, and they do them or they don't, and they excel or they don't. The and then difference they get between they, or those two things is the clarity of direction. When you are a boss and you give somebody to do, you are doing so with clarity, or you're terrible boss. With God, these things are different. You're just like, you're suggesting that somebody just like appears in your life and you personally have to make the decision. It's not a, it's not a good parallel. I disagree. A terrible I think, boss. I think that people do. Yeah, I, I, I disagree because I think that uh, part of the learning is learning to listen. Uh, and 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 being in the Word and being in God, and the more you're uh, in the Word and in God, uh, the more you can understand and see these things coming. As uh, so, because if you're not, uh, and you're off doing your own thing, then you miss some of the signs that come along that could have uh, uh, taken you somewhere else. I think you're putting yourself in a lot of turmoil. That no. you probably don't deserve. I, I don't have any turmoil over it. I just think that that's... You bring it up often. You clearly have turmoil over it. <laughs> yeah, you're putting yourself in turmoil that you probably do not deserve. Uh, and well, that brings I don't me to feel my, the turmoil. That, that brings me to my last point of this particular episode is we shouldn't seek out suffering. And, and to me, that's almost an anxiety-driven thing. That's a good point. We shouldn't seek out suffering because it's going to happen regardless. And I just don't believe... And this is a personal belief. I don't believe we get to heaven or wherever it is that we encounter God. And he sits us down with a DVD player and says, here's the DVD of all the mistakes or the, the near misses that you had. And here's the mistake of all the triumphs that you had. It, it's not going to be about that. It's going to be about worshiping him in, a, in, in ad finitum forever. Well, like, I understand that. But I, what I believe is that when I get there, I'll have the knowledge of what I did. And for me... It would. It, I just don't want to, you know, hear about all the things that I missed. Right, but we're all failures by definition. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, in this, I don't lose, in this faith, I don't lose sleep you know, over it. You know, people, I, it. It pushes me to to be better. You're to not. You're study not expected more. to be perfect. Yeah. You're just expected to do as good as you can. I agree. And of course, worship Jesus in this particular example. So, if we shouldn't seek out suffering, what should we do? We should prepare for how to endure it. Um, Jesus didn't seek out suffering. It kind of just happened because he was so revolutionary. It happened wherever sure. he went. People mocked him. People threw things at him. People worshipped him. Satan tried to get him in the desert a couple of times, using his own words against him, which I think is just absolutely one of the most hilarious things ever. That you know he's using Jesus's very own words against him, or trying to. Um, we don't endure like that. A lot of times, you know, like I said before, we're in a society where you you said something ugly about my picture, my selfie that I posted on Facebook, and it hurt my feelings. And and a lot of times, I don't think that we're capable. And I'm, and I'm saying we as a collective, not we as people in this room. Just look at the amount of suicides, suicide attempts. Look at the amount of drug use. 
alcoholism, promiscuity, masking. Listen, I was miserable after my abortion. And I've told that testimony here, and y'all have heard it. I masked it. I masked that suffering with alcohol, with promiscuity, smoking, partying, until I couldn't do it anymore, until I couldn't mask it anymore. And I think a lot of people who've had situations where they have suffered a great deal in their lives, that's a very common thing, that they mask it somehow. They push it down and push it down and push it down until the volcano erupts. And so since I knew there was going to be a part two, the next time we do this, and I don't know when that'll be, but the next time we do this, I'd like to talk about some of the Bible characters who did endure through suffering. Those who did it well and those who didn't do it so well and and see where we are and how what we can learn from that and then talk about the way Jesus endured and if we're to endure as he endured then what does that look like well I agree with you about people pushing it down pushing it down pushing it down and I would that was such a nice wrap up I just want to say that <laughs> <laughs> go ahead no I'm done I was Finish. No, I was just going to say, I, I, I believe that. I was just going to say the message for people out there is, you know, at a certain point, you're going to need to talk to somebody. Yes. You're going to need to do something. It's good to take things on you and take mm-hmm. on the cross and do this. Uh, uh, but at a certain point, you've got to, you know, remember that the, ma- the, the oxygen mask comes down and you've got to you breathe put it, it on first, first so that yes. you can help the next one. So it's good to sometimes take that breather. Yeah. Uh, uh, remember while you're taking it all on yourself to make sure that you're getting what you need to. That is correct. And with that, we will end. So I want to say thank you to Cherry. Thank you, Sarita. Thank you, Billy. Yeah, good job. That was a good discussion. Good job. Yeah. It didn't go exactly the way I planned it, good but question. when does it ever? The best ones always don't. Uh, Rick Carter, <laughs> oh, yeah. thanks for driving up here Find behind me because I was here first. Ralph. <laughs> <Yep>. Represent. <laughs> represent. And Andy. Hey. I think I see Rick in the background. <laughs> He apparated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's all for today. Thank you from the Burroughs of Berea. And we'll see you next Peace time. Peace out. Yeah. Who's going to do the click? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all. Hey, guys. This is Rick from the Burroughs of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea, you'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. And Google wants me to sign in all the time, and I just say, stay signed out. Stay the heck out of my business. Oh, they're following you all the same. <laughs> oh, do you think, I know. Do you think that? <laughs> Don't think I haven't unplugged the two of the, the speakers in my house. There's one in my bedroom. It's unplugged until I want to listen. Oh, the Alexas? Yeah, because yeah, every yeah. now and then it'll start talking, and I'll say, yeah, we're not playing that. And then, you know, you'll be talking about something, and a couple hours later you get this ad. I'm like, you know, I know I wasn't online today. Oh, yeah, they know. They know all about you, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> I didn't sync it, so it didn't keep it, I don't think. Oh, well, that's too bad. So sad. I had some good Bible verses on there, too. So. I'm going to shut my front door. Oh, shut the front shut door. Shut your front, front door. door. Okay. I'd, I'd probably shut the back one. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Exit only. I don't know if anybody has, has their Bible apps or Bibles open or 
I have at my which, actual Bible. Which in the South, the back door is basically the front door anyway. Ew. Nobody wait, use it. What? Not, I don't know about all that. Right, yeah. I'm talking about the house. Oh, home. Oh, home. Oh, I was like, wait. Home related. <laughs> I thought you were clarifying. Home related. You know, you're further south than yeah. we are. So that's, I was a little worried about yeah. you. That's not prison lingo. That's I'm going to need a picture house. of that. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. <laughs> 